Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Someone asked me one day, what good is praise and worship in a church service? I'd like to go straight into the teaching of the Word of God. I told them, what good is plowing the ground before you plant the seed? That's what worship does. Gets us all aimed in the right direction so it's easy to understand the Word of God. And in heaven, there's a lot of praise and worship. We might as well have it in church. Join me today as we talk about worship and praise in the church service. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you join us today. I have been speaking now for the past four lessons. Today's number five. There's one more to go. Number six on fundamentals of the faith. And really what I'm talking about is how these are applied in church. When I talk about fundamentals, I'm talking about things that are fundamental for our life. Church should be occupied with fundamentals. Uh, where I go to work, trying to tell me what kind of work I have, how to dress, that's totally outside the realms of what a church ought to be doing, what kind of car you ought to own, trying to possess you. That's just not what a church is about. But to teach you the fundamentals of the faith of God so that you can go from there and build on those. And so churches, this is what they should be doing, especially with the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to talk about praise and worship in church. Boy, is this a controversial area in some places. I mean, if you mention something about church, people often say, well, I don't like the praise. Well, I think it should be this way. I think it should be that way. We need more hymns in church. Uh, we shouldn't sing so many new songs. We just learn a song and boom, next week we're learning a brand new one. And uh, it's too loud. It's not loud enough. And so this is a great area of of, of differences of opinions in churches. But I'm just going to talk about it. it's absolutely necessary. And, you know, as far as it may not be what you want, it may not be exactly what you like, but the point of it is praise is necessary I was on a television program one time and a man was, was talking to me. And by the way, turn to Psalm 150. We'll start there. But this man was talking to me on the program and he was a word guy. I mean, all he wanted was the word. And he said, I don't understand. Why do we have praise and worship in church? And why do we start the service with praise? He said, I don't like it. He said, I, when I come to church, I'm ready for the word and just give me the word. He said, treat me like, you know, I'm in, in a Bible school somewhere because you don't have praise and worship in a Bible school. And I said, yeah, but those guys are usually prepared. These guys are being called in the ministry. And I said, he says, well, but what good is praise and worship? And I said, well, what good is plowing the ground before you plant the seed? There's the important thing. Praise and worship is not the planting of the seed. It's the breaking up of the hard ground. Praise and worship can take a congregation of two or three hundred. And by the time you come to church, there's two or three hundred different opinions. There's two or three hundred different thoughts. There's two or three hundred different problems in life that the, some had their kids fine. Others, the kids weren't fine. Some came to church fine. Others had arguments in the car. I mean, you're coming with all these people and there's minds. If there's 400 people, they're in 400 different directions. Praise and worships like this magnet that you pull around near a compass and the compass immediately points toward it. Praise and worship is the magnet that pulls everybody and aims them in the same direction. And pretty soon by the time that the first song is over into the second song, they're not only all united together, but their hearts are open up to receive from God. You have plowed the ground and the ground is now open to receive the seed of God's word. And this is why we begin our services with praise and worship. Psalm 150 verses one through six, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament or the under the firmament of his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the trumpet. 
Praise him with the lute, with the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipes and praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And he goes on to say here, praise the Lord at the end of it. In other words, he starts with all the different instruments we come and finally ends with the most important of all. The best instrument of all is your own voice because God has built that voice into you, put breath inside of you. Your breath may blow into a trumpet. Your breath may blow into something else and your hands may strum something else. But listen, what comes out of you is the most important thing. And that's why it's saved this because all the people unite together and what God hears about everything is breath coming out of a person with the voice and that is the greatest instrument of all. So let me give you a summary on this verse of scripture. This verse is saying, here's where you praise God, inside and outside of the church, for his works and for who he is, with wind instruments, stringed instruments, percussion, finally greatest of all people with breath. This is how this whole thing is laid out. So literally again, praise unites believers with all of creation. Psalm 69 and verse 34 says, let the heavens and the earth praise him, the seas and everything that is in them. You know what? You don't hear it, but animals are praising God. The earth itself is praising God. In fact, the earth, even though it's under a curse, it said that we are praising the Lord with all of creation because creation, according to Romans, chapter eight is waiting and anticipating the time when they'll, the curse will be removed from this earth and the seas will clap their hands, the trees will clap their hands and rejoice at the coming of the Lord. Also at that time when Jesus is coming back to establish his kingdom on this earth, not only will nature praise him, but all of us coming back with Jesus will praise him and the church and all believers coming back with Jesus at the battle of Armageddon to release the earth from its bondage of corruption, all of nature and in heaven, those coming back will form an antiphonal. We'll be praising God, earth will be praising God. The church will be praising the Lord, all of creation will be praising the Lord, and we will form an antiphonal where we will be coming back praising, the earth will praise, and we'll all break forth into the same glorious liberty as the children of God. So the hills and the trees and all that are around us, and on that day, the lion will lay down with the lamb. Children can pick up poisonous snakes. It won't hurt them because the curse is gone. And I'm simply here to tell you, you want to see God move in your life? You want to see some of those curses stand back from you? Start praising God. Well, no wonder we start the church service with praise and worship because praise and worship is also a great form of faith. Praise says to God, I believe your word. I praise you ahead of time and I praise you for all that you've done. I think of all the things God has done for me and you know what? It builds up faith that today is gonna be fine. When I see something that looks bigger than me, I remember all the other times something looked bigger than me and all of a sudden by praising God, wonderful things begin to happen. I look at the future in praise. The heavens will praise your wonders, Psalm 89 and verse five. Oh Lord, your faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. Notice this, one of the greatest places we can have is saints. Why? Because we've been redeemed. And the great thing that can happen too is we can praise the Lord in front of the world and show them there is a life outside of what they're living and they too can have a joyous life by giving their lives to Jesus Christ. So the heavens praise your wonders, the congregation praises your wonders. We join together because heavens will be redeemed one day. The earth and the atmosphere around it will all be cleansed by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we already have that inside of us. We've been cleansed by the blood of the lamb. 
Why do we praise the Lord? Well, let's talk about it. First of all, it's beneficial to our lives. Psalm 33 and verse one says, shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous, because praise is comely for the upright. Praise simply means it's benefiting. It benefits you, it befits you to come and praise the Lord. So it's comely for the upright. We are the upright. Different things are labeled in the Old Testament for the church. And of course, the church isn't here till the New Testament, but literally when they assembled together, it was called the assembly of the upright, the assembly of the righteous. And all these different titles are given to those when we come together because church is mainly, as it was in the Old Testament, coming to the tabernacle or coming to the temple. And in the New Testament, coming to the local church, it's mainly believers that come. Probably 95, 98% of the people that attend are believers. And those believers have come. And the first thing we want to do is thank God for what he has done to build up faith for what he's about to do. The Bible says, forget not all of his benefits. Well, I mean, his benefits are incredible. Think about it. You should have a list of things that God has done for you. And in fact, I recommend putting in the front of your Bible. Or if you've got a computer like I do here, an iPad, put a section in there close to where your Bible section is of just things you thank God for. And remember all the great things he has done. Forget not all of his benefits and pull those out because when you begin to reflect back on those, it makes you stop and think, wait a minute, that was a huge thing. Here I'm thinking this is a huge thing. That was even worse than this. I have gone through worse things and God brought me through. It's gonna be easy for God to bring me through this one. Well, it's really easy for God to bring you through the difficult ones. It's just as easy for him to bring you through this one. You begin to get faith ahead of time and simply say this, Lord, last time you did it this way. If you wanna do it that way again, fine. But you know what, Lord? You can do it any way you want to because you are God. I'm just gonna rest in your promises. You know, the greatest thing we can do is not what Jesus did in the ship when he stilled the storm. The disciples, you know, were screaming and yelling, you know, and Jesus stood up and he, and he commanded the sea to stand still and suddenly the whole thing was at peace. But then he turned around and chewed out his disciples. You would think at that time they'd be shouting, rejoicing. They have a little camp meeting there inside of the ship, but that's not what happened. Jesus chewed them out. So the greatest thing you can do is not to still the storm. The greatest thing you can do, Jesus demonstrated, was sleep through the storm. Praise produces a rest on the inside of you where you can basically sit down and watch the storm comes through and pass and be gone. So it says again, shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous, Psalm 33, one. Praise is comely or befits the upright. Praise is an act of faith. It's the voice of faith before the answer is seen. It settles our hearts before we pray so we can study the word or go to work or do whatever we're gonna do. But literally it is a calming effect on us. It opens us up so we can hear the voice of God and hear the word of God. It's pleasing to God for us to willfully praise him. So what about praise in church? Let's find scriptures on praising God in church. Psalm 22 and verse 22, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. This is actually the Lord speaking. This verse is quoted in the book of Hebrews where the Lord is saying, I will declare your name to my brethren and in the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You know what happens when we praise God, Jesus joins in with us. He loves praise. And the congregation is where that throne is built for him and we come and praise him and he's enthroned upon the praises of his people. Our praise actually forms a seat for him to sit on and sit with us. If we sit on pews, Jesus may be sitting next to us. If we sit in chairs, he may be sitting in the chair next to us. But the beauty of it is he loves to come where praise and worship is. Faith attracts the presence of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But boy, one of the greatest demonstrations of faith 
is praise toward God. Psalm 35 and verse 18, I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among many people. Your church may have five or 10 people. It might have 50, it might have 500. But God is simply saying here, I don't care how many people show up. I'm there in the midst of them. If two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. And one of the most precious ways to come together is by starting off with praise and worship. Lord, you've been so good to us. You've never failed us. I've been through many problems, but you delivered me out of them all. And to be honest with you, only God's children can praise him. Psalm 115 verse 17 said, the dead do not praise the Lord. This isn't physically dead, this is spiritually dead. And those who don't know the Lord cannot praise him. I'll see you right after the break, looking forward to it. Here's halftime and the announcer's coming on to tell you how you can have a great deal and some way to bless your life with the teaching that I've given here. In Psalm 150, the word praise is mentioned 14 times in six verses. Praise is imperative to your walk with God. This in-depth six-part Bible study will give you valuable insight into where God is to be praised, why God is to be praised, how God is to be praised, and who is to praise God. Understanding the dynamics of praise will change your whole outlook on your Christian life. Messages include New Testament praise, where is God to be praised, what to praise God for, how the Lord is to be praised, the sacrifice of our bones. Who is to praise the Lord? To order Praise Ye the Lord, visit our website at bobyandian.com. I am very excited. I wrote a book many, many years ago called God's Word to Pastors, and it was a great success. I mean, my desire as a pastor, called to be a pastor, in fact, personally, I believe Jesus is called the chief pastor, great, you know, great shepherd over the church. I know evangelists get people saved. I know other teachers get people that are t and teaching them. But the purpose of the pastor is to make mature believers out of them. The next great call is discipleship attached to winning souls. The great part of soul winning is to get them born again and also become great disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the pastor's responsibility. So I wrote a book called God's Word to Pastors, and I try to include everything I could from the New Testament in there toward pastoring. This is the book, the improved version of God's Word to Pastors. This is New King James, but on top of that, more has been added to it because I found so much. I take up in this book when Paul had his first minister's conference, the only full minister's conference recorded in the Word of God in Acts chapter 20, break it down. But I break this book down into, first of all, theology parts about how to minister the Word of God, how to search out the Word of God, but also practical application in choosing leadership in your church, church board members. A lot of other things are brought out in this book that I honestly think that's why I enjoyed this book so much and really, really wanted to update it. And so I think you'll be greatly blessed. And listen, not only should you have a copy, you should get some for other pastors or buy one for your pastor too and give it to him and say, Pastor, this is a great book that you can look through it, understand many things about the calling of God, the point of separation on your life when that comes. Many things I've applied in other books have all been condensed into one book. I think you're going to be greatly blessed by the new updated version of God's Word to Pastors. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. What problem are you going through today? I mean, what's happening around you? 
Is it sickness? Is it disease? Is it some kind of storm of life? Is it accusations coming against you? Perhaps it's even a lawsuit that somebody's leveling against you. Perhaps a group of people have risen up against you. Perhaps they've taken you out on, on Facebook. Perhaps they've done something to you and now friends have even turned on you. And I've had that happen to me. What do you do in the midst of all that? You begin to praise the Lord. It's an act of faith. I mean, everything in you says, I want to scream at these people and I want to butcher them and I want to go to Facebook and come back at them. No, praise is an act of faith. It's the voice of faith before the answer is seen. It's also a praise toward the Lord of things he's done before. Again, I'll forget not all of his benefits. Again, to have a journal of this, these things is great to write down things that have happened to you and remember how God's brought you through. Well, he's gonna bring you through again. That gives you a whole new attitude in looking at the problem that's facing you. Instead of being the 10 that came back with a bad report, be the two that came back with a good report. Instead of seeing the giants in comparison to yourself, see the giants in comparison to God because God is a giant over those giants facing you. And even though you may seem small, I don't care how small it seems to you, God is after you, he will take care of you. So the voice of faith through praise and worship comes before the answer is seen. It settles our heart before we pray, before we study the word or before we go to work. Those things we do in our daily life. It's pleasing to God for us to willfully praise him. And again, we ended with this on the first half of the program, Psalm 22 and verse 22. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Why? Because in the church is where the brethren meet. Now, again, there may be some unbelievers there, but 99%, 95% of those attending are Christians. What a wonderful thing to do is come and praise the Lord. Psalm 35 and verse 18, I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among many people. So when we come together as a great multitude of people, the first thing we do is lift up our voice to God. What happened when the disciples were beaten in Acts chapter four, Peter and John, and told to never preach the name of Jesus again. They came back and told the congregation what had happened and everyone raised up their hands. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they started praising God. Why? Because the God that delivered them through the Old Testament, the God that delivered their fathers and their grandfathers was gonna deliver them. And they were now preaching the name which was unknown in the Old Testament. They just called him Jehovah. Now they found out his title, his name is Jesus. Psalm 115 verse 17 says, the dead do not praise the Lord. The dead here are not talking about physically dead in the grave. They're talking about those that don't know the Lord. Because why? Only God's children can praise him. Only God's family can praise him. We come to church with our problems, the problems of life, the problems of work, the problems of home, the problems of our finances, our health. And in church, praise unites and turns our heart with one accord in one direction toward the Lord. I told you this is exactly what happens when we come to church because God begins to point us toward him through praise and worship. Praise plows the ground so we can receive the seed and that is the sermon that's about to come. We know that the sower sows the seed, the sower is the pastor. And from that bag, he brings out seed old and new. So that's old and new Testament. He reaches into his bag and he brings out things old and new. And so from the Old Testament, he brings seed. From the New Testament, he brings seed. He preaches is a sermon, but what opens up our hearts in the beginning is praise and worship. I wondered one day about this. Music is in keys. There's a key of A, key of A flat, key of C. I mean, we can go through and name all those and we call them keys. And then one, one day I stopped to think about it. Why do we call them keys? Do they unlock something? 
And the answer is yes. You can hit certain keys and all of a sudden things happen. One man told me, he said, this particular key is, is I call it the peace key. He says, when I hit this, he said, a peace settles over everybody, just a key. And I thought, well, yeah, I can see that. That's why I think they're called keys. No, I've looked it up. No one knows why they're called keys. I just think there must have been something in the beginning when someone found that different keys open up different emotions, different feelings, different settling things inside of us. And again, this is what the keys do. So we can learn doctrine also through singing praise. I think it's important that a lot of our praise and worship has songs that teach doctrine. So much of the songs that I know we have today, and there's some good ones in there, but they relate to the problems of life. But what we need is those problems of life being treated by the promises of the word of God and actually scripture in the song teaching us about the goodness of God. Colossians chapter three and verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Church praise teaches us to praise God in life. What did Psalm 150 verse one says? Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him under his mighty heavens. We can go from the sanctuary outside under his mighty heavens. And if the roof over us is the sanctuary of the church or the roof over us is the sky and the universe above us, what we do in church now carries to our outside life. Church is a place, I call it like a charging station. This is the place like Superman where he came and he had his place of sanctuary, the place where he got his strength back. He'd go there by himself and this is where he would go and get his strength. This is where, again, we go for our strength. We come to church. Listen, I believe in church as often as possible. Most churches today have one service on Sunday morning. Boy, I was raised to where we had Sunday morning Sunday night, midweek night, and then sometimes we had a special night during the week where we had another Bible study. When revivals came, we were there for a week or two weeks at a time, and we came every night. During the charismatic movement, I mean, there was meetings going on all around, and when when the message of faith began to come, people were going everywhere to study the Word of God and to study about faith and to study about all these things. Praise and worship services were being held in churches and even in outdoor auditoriums and in places like football stadiums. We had great praise and worship services. It occupied so much of our time, but we were not we were not bashful to go. We didn't sit at home and go, whoa, another one. No, we got there because why? We were hungry for it. And this is saying what happens in church should be taken to the outside, but what happens outside should drive us back to church because the problems of life are out there. The pressures of life are out there. The world, the flesh, the devil are out there. And we need a place where we can come together, such as Superman, and we can find our strength there. And so again, this is very important. And so Psalm 150 verse one says again, we praise him in the sanctuary and we praise him under his mighty heavens. The next question comes to this because some churches don't have instruments in their church. And they say that's because there's nothing mentioned about instruments in church in the New Testament. I beg to differ on that one. First Corinthians 14 talks about the fact that, you know, if a word is given in church, like a, a word of, of prophecy or something, it's much like a trumpet blowing. And the trumpet blowing again can announce something. And I, where did he get the trumpet? I think he must turn around and said, it's like this trumpet back here. And uh, they referred to other instruments at times in the New Testament, but not always in a church service setting. But I believe that really praise and worship carried over from the Old Testament and is one of those things that had not changed. And it will also be found in heaven. So Old Testament carried over into the New Testament, carried over into heaven. Why is it not mentioned much about 
uh, instruments in the New Testament is because they're all taught in the Old Testament. I mean, all the Old Testament uh, instruments that we talked about in uh, Psalm 150, the instruments on, you know, the, the trumpet and the harp and, and all these other ones, the guitar and the instruments, you know, the rhythm instruments, all these things are there to enhance our voice. Yes, we come before the Lord and we praise him with our voice, but also we can use instruments to praise the Lord also. So praise and worship hasn't changed since the Old Testament. It's the same in the New Testament and will be found in heaven. God intended that we receive instruction for praise and worship from the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms. But we sing Psalms in the New Testament, Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So the singing of Psalms has always been there. This comes back to something important too. What's important is not the music, it's the words that are in it. It's the lyrics that are in it. You know, there was a time during the charismatic movement with the Old Testament, New Testament, we would take verses of scripture and turn it into a song. But I remember one particular Psalm of the Old Testament, there was two or three versions of it. And, you know, with different types of music and different types of beats. But what's important is not just the music, it's the words that are important. If I'm going to give you a steak, what do you care if it comes on a paper plate, a plastic plate, or whether it comes on a fine piece of china? Who cares? The point of it is all those different uh, uh, things about the music itself. Music is just the platter that it comes out on. And the lyrics, the words to the songs are the meat themselves. And any way we can use it to get the word into people is very important. There's times my wife and I, somebody will quote a verse of scripture and immediately in our brain, we're singing a song to it. And we learned it back when we were teenagers in our early twenties, back in those times when the power of God was being demonstrated across our country. So Psalms, it says we worship him in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms, according to the Greek of the New Testament, are psalms sung with instruments. Hymns are psalms sung a cappella. But instruments are made by God in the first place to be used for his people. Instruments are not anointed, nor do instruments prophesy. People actually with instruments the people are the one that's anointed and you can use an instrument to bless people, but more than your talent, your heart comes through. This is the most important thing of all. Yet nothing can replace the sound of your breath and the voice praising God. Again, that's Psalm 150 and verse six. If you're like me, I sound best when I'm alone. In the shower, that's when it sounds best. It resonates off the wall. But again, God loves that because I'm taking the most important part, the part that God made, God didn't make this instrument, man did. We often say this is gonna praise God. No, we praise God through that instrument. Psalm 50 and verse 23 says, whoso offers praise glorifies me and to him who orders his ways right, I will show the salvation of God. So how do I begin to praise the Lord? Well, before we even enter the church service, Psalm 95 and verse two says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise to him with psalms. In other words, when I come through the door of the church and in the presence of God, I wanna not wait until I get in there to start offering thanks to God, I start outside. So it's a great place to start worshiping God, singing in the car, singing in the house before you get there and preparing your heart to come into the presence of God. Psalm 100 and verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. How about when times become difficult and sorrow hits your life? Psalm 30, verses 11 and 12. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You've taken off my sackcloth. You've clothed me with gladness so that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto you forever. So when a situation looks impossible, 
Understand this, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Though the fig tree shall not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olives fail and the fields yield no food, the flocks be cut off from the fold and there be no herds in the stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take rejoicing in the God of my salvation. Wow. So all I'm saying is, what are you going through? Good times or bad times? Any time is a good time to praise God. What a blessing. Next time we'll be talking about the preaching of the Word of God. Why is the Word of God so important in church? See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.